Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm back. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad and Travis Milton. Gentlemen, I am phoning in from dreary, well, it's let's say foggy New Orleans. Um, uh, but you guys are back home blanketed in snow. Um, how are we doing as we kind of round into the off season, Josh, as you're, uh, in dreary Connecticut and, oh yeah, uh, and you realize the season is over. Are we, are we relieved? Like, how are we, how are we feeling about this, Josh? Yeah. So, um, if you're, if you are not acquainted with New England, um, or Connecticut, it'll just, it'll be a light gray until about the second week of April. Um, so, you know, settled in post holidays, uh, kicking off a new year and everything's gray. Um, so just check in on your New England friends. They're not grumpy. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at a lot of gray skies. Uh, we've had some seasonally some affected. Temps. Yeah, we've had some some ice, a little bit of snow, um, which are which are mainstays. But everything's a little gray, which I do also feel about the Jets off season. I think we Uh-oh. all went into this off season um, with some goals, with some hopes, um, some big decisions that have to be made. Certainly, ones we're going to talk about here, but. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the vibrant offseason last year was. We were waiting for Aaron Rodgers to sign, and everything was rainbows and puppy dogs. And this year, everything's a little bit muted gray and beige. Um, I do think there will be some decisions that are going to color next year one way or another. Um, but, yeah, feels a little mundane right now, if I'm honest, mm. thinking about this Jets offseason. Josh, talking about puppy dogs at the conference I'm at at the convention center here in New Orleans, they have like a little, they call it like the puppy pavilion. 
And so you can go and like <laughs> hang out with like baby dachshunds and stuff. And so uh, maybe, maybe we need to get you in the, uh, in the puppy pavilion at the, at the conference. Need it. Yeah, need need it. it. Josh. Uh, well, yeah, we, we will, we'll be checking in on you. We'll be making sure that, you know, life isn't as gray as it seems, but I, I do agree. This is going to be a little bit of a different season. Travis, Meanwhile, while it's gray in New England, you are in snow-covered uh, southern, southwestern Virginia, and you are also dealing with grunge day. You want, I feel like maybe this offseason for you is going to be a grunge grunge day offseason. You want to talk about what grunge day is and how I don't that know applies about, to the Jets offseason? No? I don't know if that's going to apply, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel so satisfied after grunge day. Grunge day is where we, uh, we do this once a month uh, where we take each – piece of equipment each piece of stainless steel everything in the restaurant and just completely detail the crap out of it um we uh we do a really good job it's all open kitchen so i mean we're we clean yeah. really really hard every single day but these days we take it out we take like all the equipment apart clean all the individual pieces put it all back together so right now we're power washing back there we've got the our convection oven apart we've got the the smoker oven you know with with it being a wood-fired restaurant, soot mm-hmm. gets on everything. So uh, it's just <laughs> a good chance to do that. You come out feeling feeling fresh, clean, organized. Uh, everything I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to feel coming out of this offseason. Oh, boy. All right. I, I have a question <laughs> for you. I, this is, I, I'm at home, all right, and I have a, like an all-clad, you know, iron, whatever, steel skillet, stainless steel skillet. And it's got all this, like, carbon crap on the bottom of it. How the hell do I get that stuff off? Is there a way to do it without using harsh chemicals? My wife, for some reason, thinks like oven cleaner is like the devil's nectar or something. So like, is there another way for me to to get the carbon off that stainless steel salt. all-clad? Kosher salt. salt. Really? Okay. Yep. I use that on, I use that on um, uh, like an iron. Cast iron? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I use that on cast well, iron. Uh, so it, so it's an all class. So it's a, it's a, yeah. a, a, a steel a stick resistant one. Uh, Ooh. no, no, it's, it's no, 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 not stick resistant. It's just steel, like just stainless steel, but just got a yeah, bunch of shit gonna, on the gonna, bottom. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to oven clean that one. Okay. I thought so. Yep. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. So you get that, you get the, I get that, I take it outside, I, you know, whatever, burn my sage or whatever. And then I'm good. To go. Okay, <laughs> good. All right. All right, yep, either great. that or a Dremel. Take a Dremel to it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, all right. Well, that's good. All right. So, gentlemen, um, I'm here in New Orleans. I'm, uh, I'm bowing out of the, the convention center to, to talk to you guys. I'm excited to be down here. I'm excited. to. I went last night to a, recommend, a Travis recommendation, Donald Link restaurant. I had an amazing time. Mm. It was sublime food. Um, quite good. I'm I'm wondering if this off season is going to be sublime. So jo- uh, Josh, to your point, you said it. You feel like it's going to be a gray off season, and we had a Technicolor off season last year. But like, mm-hmm. do we need a Technicolor off season? Like, maybe a boring off season isn't the worst thing. Like, I mean, we and we talked about this. I don't want to go and kind of belabor everything we talked about on the last podcast. We did. People can go back and listen to that one if they so choose. But we went through a lot of like the pending free agency. You know, what do you do? What do you what do you not do? Um, like, I don't know. I feel like a little grunge day, like getting rid of Lake and Tomlinson, you know, I mean, I know John Franklin Myers was a, was an important part of the the defense, but like, you know, could we free up, you know, some savings there other places? Can you restructure some guys? Like, 
there's an opportunity for this team to get to, mm, let's say, you know, 40-ish million dollars or so, 28 to like $40 million, depending on all the moves they make. Um, and, you know, and some of that would include, right, like figuring out if there's something they can do with C.J. Mosley's contract because it's pretty burdensome this year. Um, you know, are they going to trade Zach Wilson? If they trade him, even if they traded a, trade him at a loss, that could save them up to $5 million. Um, as we talked about last time, Alan Lazard is kind of here to stay like that. Sorry, yeah. but like there's really not a lot of opportunity to um, to save much there. Like the, the cost of cutting him would be so high. There's not a lot to do there. But like if they just go out and, you know, get some – offensive line play or, you know, like get, get a second wide receiver to take the Alan Lazard spot. Like it feels to me like they don't need that many moves, you know, on the offensive side. If you just get a couple good moves could, could be good. I don't know. So I don't know. I, I talked a lot there, but do you feel like maybe not a super splash uh, free agency or kind of, yeah, lead up to the draft is, is going to ultimately help them. Yeah, I do. I feel like I feel like the moves we need are the beige moves. Like you, yeah. you look at the teams that are even left um, in in the playoffs right now. You look at the Lions' offensive and defensive lines. You look at the Ravens' offensive and defensive lines. The Niners, like these are teams that that have built from the beige out. Like you're not mm-hmm. getting. Um, just shiny toys. And so we've, we've belabored that point. I feel like all season, uh, midway through the season when the offensive line fell apart. And so this is very much, um, an off season where the casuals, um, that are not as, um, passionate about offensive line play, um, kind of need to temper expectations that we're not, we don't need splashy moves. There's a lot of skill already on this team at skill positions. This is an off season for the beige and for the gray moves that, um, kind of fly under the radar a little bit, but you're just solidifying offensive and defensive line and defensive line is already a strength for us. Um, And so it already feels like half of that issue is kind of solved for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term. And so I am hopeful. I don't know what the moves look like. I don't know what the market for Zach Wilson's going to be. I don't know if there's going to be any market for Alan Lazard trading him. Doesn't seem likely either just because of the large number. So there just seems to be, um, a lot of smaller, cheap moves that need to be made to to get this team to a place where that offensive line is even middle of the pack. Even middle of the pack gives us a chance to be extra special next year. Yeah. Um, uh, the casuals, uh, just so you know, Travis and I call them normies, right? Right, Travis? Norms. Normies. No- no. Normies. <laughs> now he's, uh, all right so uh but no i i agree with you i think i think that's exactly right josh so i i want to take a minute or i don't know a few minutes because i really don't want to like you know go through the process my ptsd of of this season too severely i'm more of a like cram it down into a into a box inside your soul and just you know just keep moving forward and and not thinking about things but like, take a take a forget yeah, me now yeah take, mm. Take this mic up. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, instead of taking a forget me now, Travis, like, what, what, what learnings did we, do we have to take into this offseason as we go into free agency, as we go into kind of pruning the, the roster of some cap space, as we go into 
adding players as we go into the draft, you know, potential trades, whatever. Like, what lessons would we as a Jet collective Jets fan base be, um, you know, whatever, uh, really, really, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. Like, it would be a mistake if we just did not take heed the lessons of, of what we learned this this last year. What what are the big three lessons for you? You know, it's 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 you know a lot of this is Josh's point and my beleaguered and belabored argument about the uh, the offensive and defensive lines. Like the the defensive line, I think is good. I think you know if if we have to get rid of John Franklin Myers, you know that we, we've got a lot of luxury players on that side of the ball. Um, especially on the line, but on the, the offensive line, you know, I've, I've said for years and, and people have given me complete and utter shit every single year about this of we wouldn't be in the spot if we built the offensive line before we started making this move, these moves with these, you know, skill players. Like I adore mm-hmm. having the skill players that we have, but if we had focused on, on the offensive line, we'd be in a much different situation right now. Uh, so I think number one, yes, like temper your expectations. It needs to be, you know, this this needs to be focused on the offensive line, protecting the quarterback, whoever that may be, um, and also improving the run game. Number two, uh, there needs to be some investment at quarterback. Um, I'm not really sure how I feel, which way to go. I know that, you know, there's a lot of people screaming that we need to make sure that we invest in a, a veteran backup. Uh, and then there's a lot of people screaming that we need to take a developmental person based off of what everybody saw out of Jordan Love, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and restart that process. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, I, I am a, I'm a piss poor preparation equals piss poor performance guy. So I have no idea how I've been a Jets fan this long because there's never, ever, ever (laughs) any account for preparation. It feels, uh, even though practice is always, you know, super solid guys are dialed in, um, according to solid, but, uh, Right. You know, the, the, the offensive line and these things, you know, this, this is where those, those investments seem to happen. And I am completely, I, I I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm in the camp of draft a developmental person, um, sign a very cheap veteran. I mean, even Trevor Simeon for a you know, second round or, I mean, for a second turn, mm-hmm. uh, I think we just signed him to a one-year deal. Um, I, I, I don't think that we need to invest in a really, you know, a quality, you know, you know, backup quarterback, but I, w- I would say somebody, you know, back there that has a little bit of experience because we don't know what we're going to get out of, out of, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then number three, uh, the coaching staff just fucking sucks. Like you just temper your, your expectations. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm still like, I, I'll, I'm pretty sure I will end up saying it on every single podcast we do until Nate Hackett. And Keith, Car- Keith Carter are not with this team. Mm-hmm. How the fuck are you surprised at how good Brees Hall is? <laughs> I'm question. still, I will it's, never it's wrap surprising. my head around that. It's really surprising. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know. know. He, he went to like a some school in Iowa. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, it's cut and they, dry you, that you know. It's you, you. can look at what happened in the season and know that that they pretty much put every single egg we had into the basket of Aaron Rodgers. He was the he was the plan. Like he was going to cure all. Um, and if he's not there, he ain't curing shit. Like I'm still skeptical that he's going to cure all 
um, with him behind there. I, I, I do agree that, you know, it will be better, but, um, you know, my, my biggest thing is, you know, until we start curing some of these systemic issues, like it, we're, we're not going to get where we all would love to be, but, uh, just temper your expectations and hope that we start addressing, you know, the, the, the foundational parts of a fucking football team instead of the, you know, getting a Lamborghini, um, mm. Which which isn't a Lamborghini. Like if you look at the skill position players in free agency, like they're not that good. I it's can't a kit car. Yeah, it's people. a kit car. It's a kit car. Yeah, we got some some. Yeah, we got some uh, Dodge Stratuses out there this year, guys. <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> there it is. I can tee it up. Oh, uh, that's good. Uh, you mentioned a developmental quarterback. Like where, what? Put a put a price tag on what you're willing to spend, quote unquote. You know, whether it's a draft pick or whatever, to you know, find a developmental quarterback. I, I think it really depends on what we do in the first round. Like the if the first mm-hmm. round, in my opinion, Joe Douglas, you know, he's never he's never traded back, as far as I'm aware, um, since right. he's been the GM Correct. of the Jets. Like if we if we trade back, stockpile. This is a good draft for tackles. This is a good draft for for guards. Um, there's some depth there. I think that if we trade back, focus on, on shoring up what we can, especially with, you know, uh, the probability of getting rid of Lake and Thomason, the possibility of not re-signing Mikhail Becton. Um, if we can, if we can, if we, if we can take care of as many of those spots as we can with, with high, high quality talent in the beginning of the draft, I would feel comfortable. Mm-hmm third round and beyond in somebody. I think that there's some value in quarterbacks uh, in that spot um, or in those spots. And, and I, I think I would feel pretty comfortable in that range. Um, yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's as long fair. as we don't go after somebody like Joe Milton or something like that. Yeah. But, but you are right. Uh, Douglas has never traded down. He's only traded up and he's done it multiple times right like i mean just i'm just trying to think about like avt jermaine johnson was a trade-up right um was yep Brees was Brees a trade-up i'm trying to remember Brees was a trade-up yeah he was a trade yeah. yep he, yeah so like so here's the thing about trading up versus trading down right like so when you trade up you are um consolidating it's like it's like you're giving yourself less lottery tickets because like I'm going to trade two lottery tickets uh, that maybe have le- you know w- lesser odds of hitting or one lottery ticket that I feel like has you know slightly better odds of hitting right like that's that's effectively like what you're doing when you're trading up so so the question is like when you trade up like you better be damn sure of the player you're trading up to get so I'm not I'm not against trading up but I'm always of the mind that if you're going to do this, you better be really sure about the player that you're going to, you're going to call. So, um, and, and, and like, as a fan, I will, um, you know, I'll, I'll pay, I'll, I'm going to pay more attention. I'm going to pay more attention to whoever you're, um, you're drafting in, in a trade up situation. Um, so, so at, in, in that, in that world, like, that's why I like, um, I'm here for it, but at the same time, like I'm a fan of getting more lottery picks, right? So like if in the case of if most, if there's a run on edge players, quarterbacks, skill position players, and we get to 10, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely be open to the Jets trading back because there is such a, 
good set of tackles here. Like they were in a situation last year where, you know, by the time they picked all the graded out tackles were, were just cleaned off right, right on the previous pick to, to there. So like it really didn't make sense to reach there. Um, in this situation, there might be plenty of players back into the twenties that are, you know, viable players for this team. So if you can do that and get, I don't know what the compensation would be a second round pick or a, or a, you know, a second and a third or a second this year and a fourth next year, whatever, whatever it's going to be like, I would totally do that. Um, so, so yeah, like, I, I don't know, Josh, how do you feel about trading up versus trading back? Yeah, it, it depends on the years, right? It depends on the right. needs of the team. And so it doesn't seem, it seems like at, at and around the 10th pick are going to be at least one of the two big tackles. Um, it seems like there's going to be, I mean, there's the potential. Um, I mean, I, I would be in the first round, I would be very content staying at 10, take one of those two tackles and just like, let's, let's roll. Like we have to, we have to address tackle on one side of the line at least this year um in that first round if those two guys are still there um the other potential there is to trade down um if if you know let's say Jaden Daniels starts to fall and people didn't think he was going to get past New England and now suddenly um you know the the Falcons want to move up from mm-hmm. 8 to 3 to get a 4 to to get their guy or you know there's a little bit of a run in another position like the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback at 9 um, the Titans are going to be in the quarterback market. The Giants should be in the quarterback market. Um, like there's, there are teams here that should be looking for one of those three quarterbacks. Maybe it's Drake May that falls a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and he's sitting there at nine, um, and the Bears want to trade back. Or you know, it to me this at least in the first round feels like stay put or or get back. Um, I don't see any any need in moving up at the top of this draft given the needs that we have and given the prospects that are going to be there. Um, but the overall philosophy, I think after that, um, I, I, I would be after the first round very much in the camp of trade back, especially since we don't have that second round pick, um, mm. that goes, that went to Green Bay. Um, I, I would be very happy, um, to just continually trade back into the third and fourth rounds, um, and acquire future picks for the next couple of years. If Rogers truly is going to want to be here, is he saying maybe past this season? Um, I don't think you need to take a pick on a, on a flyer JJ McCarthy type quarterback prospect this year. I think you can wait on that for another season while you're just acquiring more picks to get more of what you just said, depth at the offensive line position um, with some lottery picks and hope that some of those guys have a Joe Tipman type camp. And suddenly they're a starter for, for every game of the season. So that would be my philosophy given the needs we have and the prospects that look like they're going to be there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I don't know that there will be like a third quarterback who lasts to 10, but is there some QB needy team, let's say in the teens or 20s, that wants to move up um, like to to basically reach on the fourth guy, right? So, like, I mean, it could it could be in a situation where three quarterbacks go off the board at you know by the third pick. Uh, I mean, that's that's possible. That that is totally possible. It's it's um, likely, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, likely. And so, so if that happens, like, then I think it'll settle down a little bit. But some team, you know, I, I don't know who, but like, let's just say so somebody wants to move up to ten because they're like. They want Bo Nix or, I mean, I don't know if Phoenix is kind of still in the mix at the four, but like. I, 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 I think, I think the problem that's going to be there for Penix is he, he's 24, 23. Yeah. And you're, right. Like you, even in that title game, it looked like throws were short. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that guy's mm-hmm. going to be, he's going to fall pretty quickly. I think back to the middle rounds of the draft. I don't think he's going to yeah. be even a second rounder. I think it'd be pretty shocking or just blatant disregard for scouting for him to go any higher than the third round. But um, it is possible, right? I mean, we see quarterback needs always jump up and a team gets hungry and oh, let's just take the guy we saw in the title game. So then it's not Penix, it's Knicks, right? So it's, it's like somebody running up to get, to get Knicks because they, they think Knicks is going to be the guy for them. Um, Yeah. Whether it's an adult developmental capacity. The other thing that's interesting for the jets and kind of that trade back situation is like, uh, I mean, I've looked a little bit at it. I haven't done a lot of scientific analysis on this, but like I Brock Bowers, you know, is he's going to be a darling. He's going to be a draft darling for lots of reasons. Um, but, you know, people love to overvalue tight ends. I like Brock Bowers. I think he's great. And yes, he is like a yak monster, as I've said before on this podcast. But at the same time, like the hit rates and the um, like the just say like the gestation the the end the NFL 
value gestation on tight ends is so like just erratic, right? Like, I mean, look at Kyle Pitts versus Sam Laporta, right? Like no one's no one. I I mean, I, if you can find me an analyst who was like Sam Laporta is basically going to be the next Travis Kelsey going into the season. Like I would love to see that, but like, that's kind of where we are now with Sam Laporta is everybody's like, he's the heir apparent. Um, and like, that's crazy. That happened in one season and, you know, Kyle Pitts is who knows where Kyle Pitts is. But, but the point is like, so that, that feels like a luxury pick for the Jets based on where they are and where the offseason is going to go for them. But some team, like if, if let's just say Bowers makes it past the Chargers at five, which to me seems like the most likely landing spot ever, give Justin Herbert another weapon. Um, like if, if Bowers doesn't go there, you've got the Giants, you've got Tennessee, you've got Atlanta. They're certainly not taking Bowers. Uh, Chicago, maybe, but they've got Cole Komet. So, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's a couple teams that could I could see, like, that could talk themselves into that. But, like, by 10, you might get some team that's, like, crazy anxious to move up. And, like, to me, you know, I'm just making stuff up here. So let me be clear. Like, and there's a lot of teams in the teens and 20s that I feel like, could be uh you know could be interested in moving up but could you imagine like houston has two picks i believe in the 20s and so like there mm-hmm. have to be some give backs from the jets but if basically houston gives up their two late firsts to move up to 10 to take bowers to, to pair with cj stroud like holy crap the world would go nuts for something like oh, yeah. that i mm-hmm. think from a value chart perspective i'm looking at kind of the more modern value chart I think the Jets would have a lot to give back in that scenario, but um, but still, like I like I don't know, like if there's if the if Houston sees like we want to go all in on this, like the Jets might be able to take advantage of that, or some other team that really wants Bowers a ton. But you like yeah, and and even I mean in that exact scenario, which is very likely, Bowers would be such a luxury for most of the teams drafting in the in the yes. top ten currently. Um, right. That you get a team that feels close with a Green Bay should make that move. Like yeah, you, there, uh, there are several know. teams. Tucker Craft and the other guy, I can't think of his name, but like those guys were not that. Oh, Luke scared. Musgrave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Musgrave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, but but. A guy like that that feels yes. like Kyle Pitts felt two years ago will take a team in an offense. I mean, you've got yeah. offensive coordinators moving. We've got head coaches moving. You've got so much movement, and everyone's going to want to be, you know, wherever Ben Johnson lands. Like, you're going to have these guys that, like, want to mm. pretty quickly make a splash and convince their GM to give up two for future first and move from 13 to nine um, to, to draft a guy like that. So I, it's a very real scenario. And we're sitting in a pretty good spot where you're going to get yeah. a team that's going to get a little trigger happy. And I would be more than happy to move back from 10 to 23 and pick up yeah. two additional first first rounders in the process. Yeah, I can yeah. see the Bengals being in that mix, too. I mean, I'm yeah. losing, you know, Uzama, cool. like, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of people <laughs> right there in that. You know, we'll give 60, Osama yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, in that 16 to 20 range, uh, six or 23, you know, kind of around there that, that, that would interest. I really think that Brock Bowers is going to be the ace in the hole. If he is still available, that's, that's going to be the situation where it's okay. Now, now we trade back because that, that is somebody that I think a lot of those teams that are on the edge on that, that kind of bubble, that playoff bubble are, are willing to, to jump up for yeah, I mean, and you look at like the teams that are kind of slated at the very back, 
you know, Baltimore, no, they don't need a tight end. San Francisco, no, they don't need a tight end. Detroit, no, they don't need a tight end. Buffalo, no, they don't need a tight end. Kansas City, maybe, maybe, but I don't think they have the firepower to come all the way back up for that. I don't think they're willing to kind of shove Travis Kelsey at the door just yet. So I think they'll, they'll be patient. Arizona, I mean, they've got McBride. Tampa Bay, they've got Otten, but you know, I don't know, maybe, but they don't, I don't know what they have in terms of firepower. They just really have their first and second. There's nothing extra there. So, and those are late, but yeah, right. Then you start, you, know, you mentioned Green Bay, like, ah, I think they, they'd be hard for them to convince, but yeah, Dallas, yeah. Houston's like, a good me, one. The, yeah. Houston, I think Houston seems like the most likely team yeah. that would get themselves in that kind of a situation because they're like, all right, we got our quarterback. Like, let's just go all in on this offense. Like, you know, no one was no one was ranking Tank Dell and Noah Brown and Nico Collins as like, you know, great wide receivers coming into this year. And, you know, now look at them, you know, like people people are you know rating them a lot more highly than they were a season ago. So you, you put a player of Bowers capabilities in that offense, they're losing Dalton Schultz anyway. So it's like boom, instant. Here, what the the funniest the funniest scenario to me. Um, the very funniest and maybe the one we're all <laughs> overlooking right now at happening, um, is that at pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select Brock Bowers and Bill Belichick as the coach <laughs> now has his Gronk and Aaron Hernandez <laughs> set again. He's yeah. just going to redo it in Atlanta. Oh, Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, so I would say watch, watch that five pick, see what happens there. Cause that could get very interesting for the Jets after that five pick. Um, all right, Bryce Huff. I'm seeing a lot of talk about Bryce Huff and talks about tags and trading Bryce Huff. Like tagging and trading, I'm not saying it's like that's a very NBA concept. And like I think I think what we have learned and what we have discussed in this podcast is like those NBA trends are starting to infect the NFL. Infects a bad word, but you know what I mean. Influence the the NFL. Um, but certainly the NFL is way behind the kind of trade happy nature uh, of the NBA. Um, there have been players that have been in kind of these trade scenario, uh, tag and trade scenarios before. Frank Clark comes to mind. Yannick Ngakwe comes to mind. There have been other players like that. Um, they tend to be edge players. I don't know what it is about edge players, but that they're the ones that seem to get into these tag and trade situations most often. Um, you know, if you look over the last five, 10 years in, in the NFL, like, what do you guys think about that? Is that something the Jets should risk doing? I mean, I guess the upside is you keep Huff. Um, the downside is you keep Huff and you've got to pay him. But I mean, you're going to get the production out of them. So I don't know. Like, but it, it could be hard to make that trade, uh, you know, uh, kind of figure out that trade. But again, like getting back to some of those teams in the late first that might feel like they're a pass rusher away from like from really contending. Um, I don't know. It could be some interest there. What, what do you guys think, Travis? You know, may, maybe this is me just talking myself into the inevitable because uh, I, I know, like last last time I recorded, I was I, I was the one that brought up like I I was hell bent mm-hmm. on yeah let's tag tag trade like whatever, um, you know after some some critical thinking about it and again this could just be me talking myself into this, um, I don't I mean. Obviously, there's going to be some form of market out there for him, but I don't know. There, there's no proof in the pudding that he can be an every down 
edge rusher. Mm-hmm. I know he, he wants more time, and there's no proof in the pudding that he can he can do any of this without the surrounding cast. So the market for him might be be pretty damn big, um, but I don't think it's worth it. Like I I don't think that there's anything that says there's a system out there that will put him in the position to have the output that he has had with the jets. And at the same time, make the amount of money that, uh, that he's looking for because he he's shown that he can excel in a situation where you've got people like Quinn and Williams taking double teams where you've got, you know, mm-hmm. a, a really solid rotational front. And there's not a lot of teams that really do that. And I know that he's looking for more time on the field. And I, I just don't, I don't think that we should, should put ourselves in the position to pay for a player that wants to get paid like he's on the field every defensive snap when we don't know 100% that he can, nor mm-hmm. are we in the position to put him on the field every snap. Um, I think that he is falling more and more into a luxury. Um, we drafted Will McDonald. I, I'm convinced we drafted him for this situation, knowing mm-hmm. that we were not going to be able to re-sign Bryce Huff and knowing that anything that any kind of contract that would be presented to be to him would not be something that we can justify, whether it be monetarily, whether it be playing time, whatever. We're just going to have to let him go, take the story picks, and and hope that that the flashes we saw out of McDonald are going to to push him just like Jermaine Johnson um, mm. and, and, and really trust that part of the system, because that is the only part of the system that we can step back and look at and go, you know what? That fucking works. That part of the coaching <laughs> works. That part of the plan works. Um, so maybe let's not try to fuck with that. Let Bryce go. Take the compensatory picks. Wish him all the best. Love him. Um. Yeah, like that's that's where I'm at. What, what do you think, Josh? Yep i've I've come full circle on this. Um, I used to be of the opinion that you pay Bryce whatever you need, um, and have come 180 on this. I feel like everything Travis just said is dead on. That Will McDonald is that guy. We've not seen Bryce be an 85 to 90 percent snap guy anyway. Um, it is a little bit of a luxury um, given um, what other guys on this defense are going to command and should command at, at non-luxury positions. Um, and, like, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little stung. I know it's a different position, but it's a similar it's a similar thing with what we just saw happen with Tony Pollard in Dallas where mm-hmm. the backup looks incredible for the 8 to 10 snaps or 8 to 10 carries he's getting. And so – just the old adage of we'll give him more and he's going to produce at that same level just isn't true. It's not true of, of almost every um, athlete at their position. It doesn't necessarily translate to that guy's going to be even more productive um, and produce at the very same level. If we just give him more snaps, um, Bryce is a tremendous player, wish him the best, hope he makes as much money as he possibly can. Um, but I do think that it's at a luxury position and I think he's a little bit of a product of a really great 
pressuring defensive line that that put him in situations to be very impactful, um, rushing the quarterback as well. So I am definitely of the opinion that I'm going to be sad to see him go. I hope he gets paid, but I don't think the Jets should go crazy spending for him anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that always, right, that you always say in kind of markets-based you know, activities are, you know, it only takes one, right? Like, like, you know, greater fool theory, like you don't need to sell to everybody. You just need to sell to one fool, you know, who, who will, who will kind of take this, this asset off your hands for more than you paid for it. Right. That's all you need to do. Um, But, you know, trying to, I was just like kind of, while we were talking here, just going through in my brain, I I made a, a list of teams that I think like could be in the market for edge rusher to varying degrees. And then like, you know, we also have to grade these out against like what picks they have and where they are. And like, you know, like, no, like, like the first one I have on my list is the Falcons, right? Like the Falcons could use an edge rusher. They've been looking for an edge rusher since John Abraham got there. Um, but, but basically like they have such a high pick. There's no way, there's no way that they would give up like a first, you know, kind of in a, you know, in a traditional situation, you'd have to like, you know, take a markdown on comp and take a second round or whatever they'd have to do. They're not going to do it for the kind of the factory settings on, on that kind of tag tag deal. But like, so, so Atlanta, Denver, Houston, Houston, again, like if they didn't do that tight end trade up, like they have two picks, they could certainly give one of those firsts for a player like, uh, like Huff, the Colts, maybe, um, Jacksonville, I think they have a need. I don't know if it's super strong, but like I certainly think based on kind of the way their season ended, I think that would be helpful to them. The Rams, but they actually have like a first round pick for like the first time in 75 years. So like, I don't know if they actually want to give up their first round pick. Um, Seattle, uh, which I don't know that they would want to do a, a deal with us again. Um, after the Jamal Adams debacle, uh, debacle, I like saying debacle, um, uh, Tennessee. <laughs> new coaching staff. So who knows? Um, and then Washington, new, new coaching staff. So who knows? So like, man, like it's not that big of a list from the starting point. So yeah. So like you could definitely tag this guy and get stuck or have to take like minimal comp for like to, to move him in that kind of a scenario. So, um, I love Huff, but I, I do think that point of like, are you willing to tag a player that does not play, whatever 80 90 percent of the snaps like in a in a in a year like is that is that worth it from a to spend 20 20 million dollars on against your cap this year it's it's going to be a hard thing i think a lot of jets fans are going to be mad because i think they think either he's worth the tag or he's worth like he's worth the tag and trade like but like i just don't know that that matches with the reality of like what the market would bear for him so it sucks but here we are, guys. Um, yep. All right. A um, couple minutes left. Why don't we talk a bit about – our? I mean, we <laughs> you kind of mentioned free agency a little bit there, Travis, I think. Like, there's not a lot out there that really no. excites you. And, again, like, who knows who's actually going to get out there. But, um, like, Pro Football Focus had published, like, I think their 150 top free agent uh, – top potential free agents for this coming off season. And like, I was just trying to think about positions that matter to the jets. I think wide receiver matters. I think safety matters. I think offensive line matters. I think that's really where they've got to like, you know, kind of focus in hone in on if they're going to, if they're going to make some bets, like play some big bets on, on those kind of guys and then, you know, figure out the rest of your roster. But like, I don't know, are, are there any 
um, I can run through a list of names. Let's, let's do that. So, so there are more players than what I'm saying here, but here, here's the guys that I'm just going to list out. So let's start with wide receiver. Um, T Higgins is, you know, all, and these are all potentially available. They could resign with their team. They could get tagged or transitioned or whatever. T Higgins, uh, with Cincinnati, Michael Pittman from the, from the Colts, Mike Evans, uh, of course, from the, the Bucks. Uh, Marquise Brown started with the Ravens, but is now with the Cardinals. Um, and then Calvin Ridley. There, there's others, but I don't know. Do any of those guys appeal to either of you, Josh, Travis? I, I, like I love but Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, Josh. No, no, you go. I like Hollywood like Brown, Hollywood. but I don't like him more than I, – I, I don't like any of these enough – to sign them for what's going to – everyone knows what happens to wide mm-hmm. receivers in free agency. They're going to be overvalued, um, i.e. Alan Lazard. You look at what the market was last year, and that dictated essentially what we gave him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm never big on, on going for a wide receiver in, uh, in, in free agency unless you're, you're trying to round out the slot, something like that. None of these guys – you know, T. Higgins. That's kind of a boomer bust situation that I would not, I would not gamble on. Um, I like Pittman, but he's going to be resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Evans. Yeah. I am not in that camp. Um, he is a very overrated receiver in my mind. I think uh, a lot of people, if if they watched, um, they 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 would have seen that in the mm-hmm. uh, the divisional round game. And yeah, none of these guys excite me whatsoever. Ridley, great, but who the hell knows what's going on with that guy? Um, you know, he yeah. took those years. He was he was out for a couple of years. A couple he of played years. Okay, with uh, this year, but obviously, we saw that the Jaguars were over or were underwhelming compared to what their mm-hmm. expectations were. Um, so yeah, none of these guys. Yeah, if I if any of these guys like yeah, if if I had to if I had to bet on any of these guys, Josh, I'm curious what you think. But like I think Marquise Brown is interesting. He's kind of a lid lifter type, right? He's got that like deep speed. Um obviously he's had some health issues, you know, because he's kind of undersized. Um, but like he, he's interesting from a lid lifting perspective. I do like Michael Pittman, but I, I agree with you. I think he's more than likely gonna get re-signed. Um T. Higgins, like I think he could be interesting considering this offense, but like, again, like I don't know that he's going to make it to free agency. Like I just, I don't, I don't. And then like, yes, like what are we going to be paying for him to not have the same level of production that he's had over over the last couple of years? So like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like Mike Evans, certainly if you can get him because he wants to try and win a ring or something like that. And he feels like Rogers is the guy to do it with. And Rogers needs a player to throw the ball to who can, you know, catch it and then fall over out of bounds. Like, well then Mike Evans is your guy. Like, that's great. But like, yeah, I mean, I am not saying he didn't have an insanely productive year and score an insane amount of touchdowns. Like he did, he did, but I just don't know that like, no Jets fan should expect him to replicate the sort of production that he had exactly. this past year. I also think like he's the kind of guy he's probably going to want to like retire with, you know, like do the one team and, and retire there. Like I could see him you know, trying to stay home. So I don't know, Josh, any thoughts on the receiver group? Yeah. The only one of that group that has any, any upside that is going to 
justify the contract. I actually think it's T. Higgins. Um, I think that guy is at a level of a Jamar Chase, but is just not seen or hasn't had the flashy plays that that guy has had. Um, yeah. He 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 should not make it to free agency. Is like that. I, I fully agree there. Um, but if the Bengals are tied in other positions. And feel like, well, we still have our bona fide franchise number one guy, Jamar Chase. Maybe we're not going to also splash for T. Higgins. Like that guy's going to command top dollar. Um, and unfortunately, we we already swung and missed at last year and this year's wide receivers um, in Alan Lazard. And so I don't think we're going to even be in the market for him. But um, I think that guy has massive, massive upside um, and and has not fully been unleashed nationally. Um, but that guy, I do think, is the one B to, to Jamar Chase's 1A. So, um, yeah, I think gonna, you're right. He, he's going to probably end up staying. Um, but if he makes it out of out of Cincinnati and gets a free agent contract, I don't think that Joe Douglas is the guy that's going to splash for him. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Oh, good. House cleaning's right outside my – housekeeping's right outside my room. Housekeeping? Housekeeping? Um I don't know if you can hear them in the background, but it's getting loud. It's getting loud. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that's I think that's fair. I think T. Higgins is is a solid player, and uh, yeah, like if if it's between him and Taj Boyd, like I I sorry, right Boyd is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like yeah. I, I think they would want to keep Higgins over Boyd, so uh, they'll they would find a way to do that. But yeah, he he is interesting. All right. Um, Defensive backs. I mean, there's a ton of them, but like, I'm trying to think about like from the safety position or like a player who could kind of like play like a nickel kind of spot. So Cameron Curl, he played with the Commanders for a while. He's versatile. He's like a late round pick or maybe a priority free agent. I can't remember. Um, but like, he's a good player. He's probably. I mean, he just played on Washington, so like, he's been kind of buried on a just horrible team. So like, he would be an interesting player to me. Um, also from the commanders, um, Kendall Fuller, who's a cornerback. Um, he's pretty good, but you know, like a, he's a little hot or cold, but he could be, he could be interesting in defensive back capacity. And then, um, a former Patriot like Kyle Duggar, who's more, he's more of like a linebacking safety type. So, um, but that's, that kind of, uh, you know, that's the kind of player that I think, um, Dala likes. So I don't know any of those guys or maybe other guys in the defensive backfield safety position that you're looking at. I know we're, I know we're resigning Ashton Davis, so that's good. Yeah. But, um, and, and we're going to get that oh, guy baby. back that got injured in camp probably, but um, Chuck, Chuck Clark. Yeah. I would thank that's you. What I would yeah. do is resign Chuck Clark. He was on a one-year deal. Um, you know, th- this year we've got other priorities we've got to do. Um Ashton Davis, yeah, I'm, I'm all. We we all know how I feel about that. Let's let's get him. Let's get him mm-hmm. locked in. He'll be cheap. Uh, I think Chuck Clark would be the same, considering he's coming off an injury. He knows the system. Um, he's already been here a year. Obviously, didn't play, but um, I would I would resign Chuck Clark and push that off till next year. Uh, safety play was not our strongest suit this past year, and we made it pretty okay through it, depending on mm-hmm. how we go linebacker-wise, but I would I would not prioritize that that uh, that, that spot on, on the yeah. defense, that position. Yeah, I would I would okay. try to get Chuck Clark back. Um, I agree with you on Cam yeah. Kurt. Um, uh, I think that that would be, you know, if, if we can't, or Chuck Clark is not looking like he wants to come back, um, 
I would maybe go that route, but again, not invest that much in that, that situation. Any thoughts there, Joshy? Yeah, we, 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 no, we're, we are due at some point in the next couple months for the Travis loves Ashton hour long solo podcast <laughs> and how, like, how this turnabout came to be. Um, I'm, I wanted to sit back and listen, eat my popcorn and yeah. listen to Travis explain how he fell so deeply and madly in love with Ashley Davis. But um, other than other than that, I have no interest um, in any of the guys we mentioned. I do think re-signing Clark makes the most sense. Josh, you're just going to be laying in the floor, on the floor in the puppy pavilion, just letting those little puppies lick Ooh. your face. While, See, I'm going to I'm, I'm go ahead and, and I'm going to go ahead and ship Ashton and I as a offshoot podcast called Trashman. <laughs> Trashman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're gonna be we're gonna be best buds. Uh, we're gonna have matching shirts like Zach Wilson and Braxton Berrios, and uh, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna start a Twitter campaign uh, like they did with Berrios to make sure that we re-sign him, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna be the the two best friends that that ever ever was that ever was two best friends that <laughs> ever was. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, now we're gonna get to the the meat. We got to talk about, about offensive line. There's a, there's a lot of players out there. Um, and in different positions. So I know like, it's kind of weird, but like just going through that PFF kind of ranking free agency article, big names kind of in order uh, as they appeared in the, um, as they appeared in the article were New England Patriot, uh, offensive tackle Trent Brown, um, Rams guard, Kevin Dodson, uh, another Patriot, Michael Owenu, uh, who played right tackle. He, they moved him around a ton, but I think he ended up at right tackle last year. Um, so versatile, but seem maybe maybe that's his optimal spot. But you know, you can play him anywhere. Um, guard uh, Miami guard Robert Hunt, uh, and then uh, Baltimore guard Kevin Zeitler, who I believe he came from the Giants before that, but seemed to play well in Baltimore, which is not a surprise. That tends to happen. It's kind of a you know money maker. Like you, you go there and then you leave in free agency, and you make a lot of money, and maybe you don't play as well. But like. Anyway, so Baltimore uh, guard Zeitler, and then um, uh, the center from Las Vegas, uh, Andre James, Andre James, not Andrew James, um, Andre James, um, who he played well, but again, some transition there in 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 Vegas. So I don't know any of those names or any other names, Travis, that are interesting to you in in free agency that I didn't mention. I mean, the only the only thing I would focus on in free agency would be a right tackle, and that's. You know, because of, you know, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen with Beckton. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I re, tackle, I, I think, would be a, a good focus. But again, it all goes back to, to draft. Like if, if we can if we can get at least one solid young tackle out of the draft, um, then maybe we, we kick that can down the line a little bit because guard's going to be easier to um, address, I think. Uh, in free agency or not. Um, I like Anmanu um, because of his versatility, and I really think we need to focus on getting uh, getting ABT in a position, uh, a, a definitive position where he's not bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Yep. So take that out of the equation. Um, I did like uh, some of the play I saw out of, out of Max Mitchell. You know, I, th- I think that we've got, I think we've got, some pieces that we can play with on guard. Um, so I, I, you know, I've said this and I'll go on this right re- on, on record with this every year. 
uh, offensive line is is you're you're never going to get what you really really want out of free agency mm-hmm. or out of uh out of any kind of trade scenario because people hold on to good offensive linemen um it's it's going to be a one year deal we're going to be back in the same situation you know if we went for Trent Brown like it's it that's going to be another Dwayne Brown situation i'm afraid of um yeah. i i just i just never really trust it unless you were going for you know, a situation where you're just trying to groom and help out. Um, you know, I think that we had some success with that during the Tannehill era um, with uh, what's his uh, name coming from? Uh, Tannenbaum. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan um, Fanica. Alan Fanica, yep. Alan mm-hmm. Fanica yeah. and then uh, – Pete, uh, Pete Kendall. Pete Kendall from the, the, the Cardinals. I think Pete Kendall Cardinals. was very, very instrumental um, in – well, actually, both of them were. I mean, uh, Nick Mangle. Kendall was there earlier, but, yeah, they yeah. were kind of those interior anchors. and kind Kendall of was the good bridge guy, and Fanica mm-hmm. was really kind of the dude that that taught Brick and uh, – yes. uh and Mangle. Mangle and, and, and afforded them the luxury to grow. Uh, like, mm-hmm. if you're in a scenario where that can happen – you know, it's, it's, it's a durability concern, but that's the only point where I would, I would like to see this. And, you know, we, we are in a situation where that could happen, but we're, we're, again, we're looking at guards that are going to be helping out um, tackles and our center. Um, So I, I really think that, that, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't love, I just don't love the free agency portion of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm always going to want to try and throw some stuff at the wall there just because like what we have is such, you know, just nonsense, and and we, we spend so much money anywhere. It's like, well, just spend it in a place where we need actually need help. I mean, spend it on it, some you know. some some damn health and conditioning because yeah. I, yeah, I do think fair. that we have some really good offensive line players. We need depth behind them, and we need to figure out why the hell everybody's getting hurt. You know, I really think that ABT is because they're shifting them around all the time. Um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Invest in keeping mm-hmm. our players upright and on the field, not necessarily investing in getting, you know, the, these splashy free agencies, yeah. uh, work on, work on that portion of our program. <laughs> and then them getting injured because, because yeah. the conditioning staff is horrible. Exactly. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, if, if, if the offensive line stayed healthy, like we, the, the I'm not saying the season would have gone differently, but it would have been a different, thought process I, I think yeah. a lot of people are you know really jumping at that as as a thing and and they're not wrong um as a thing that needs to be addressed but i think we do have to remember we do have quality players um that are really good starters we just need to invest in making sure that they can be there all right well uh i think that uh that th- i think that that's a great place to end it so so we will do that there um Travis, Josh, I know you guys are the three. We're the three best friends that anybody can have. Um, yes. So I appreciate. I just want to add Ash friends. into the mix. Yeah, that's fine. We can have a fourth best friend. We can add more to our wolf pack. That's fine. Ashton can join the wolf pack. That's fine. Um, Mainly, yes, I just want to, you know, you know, see him and Josh interact. That that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, end up in a suite in Vegas with a tiger or something in there. Yeah, cool. exactly. Mike Tyson's uh, it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I got to go. I got to get back to this conference. I got to go eat some amazing New Orleans food and listen to some amazing New Orleans music. Um, Travis, thank you for your time. I'll let you get back to grunge day. Jo- we're going to let yeah, Josh yeah. get back to the gray New England nonsense that is uh, that is winter in uh, in Connecticut. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back 
you know, probably we'll we'll check in around the um, combine or you know, kind of as free agency is starting to bubble up. But thanks everybody for listening. As always, make sure to rate and review the podcast, and we will be back before you know it. The time's going to be here where the three best friends that anyone could have will be back in your ears later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.